Once again, Bitcoin and crypto have taken a sudden downturn. Have we hit a new bottom? A fake Tor browser has been stealing Bitcoin for years, and an AT&T customer is suing the company because an employee aided in crypto theft totaling more than $1.8 million. Yikes. Are you ready to get your master's in blockchain? You can, and we'll tell you from where. And who does CZ think is the most influential person in blockchain? Well, here's a clue. He's not Chinese or American, and we've got the scoop. Finally, it's time to share information on the bad crypto meetup that will be taking place in Las Vegas during World Crypticon. It's just another day for you, me, and Mr. Travis Wright in crypto paradise. Welcome to the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. You're just in time for the bad news, episode number 325 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Who's bad? Are you drinking your Ovaltine, Mr. Travis Wright? Dude, I'm drinking Bulletproof Coffee. Oh, nice. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Travis is bulletproof. I Ugh. am not. I am. Bullets would hurt me. And so yeah. don't, don't shoot me, please. That's true. Picked up an amazing book by the one and only Dave Asprey. He's got a few books out there. He's the creator of Bulletproof Coffee, but this book is called Superhuman, The Bulletproof Plan to Age Backward and Even Maybe Live Forever. This dude wants to live to be 180 years old. He's done. A, he's in Silicon Valley. He's done all these tests, worked with all these different people, and uh, Bulletproof Coffee is, is not bad at all. It's pretty tasty. I don't normally like coffee, but this is good. So it's got all these polypropanols. It's great for the brain. It's got the good fat that your brain and your cells need. And uh, it's really good stuff. This episode of the Bad Google Podcast is not brought to you by Bulletproof Coffee. Right. But it is. You brought it up. I did bring it up because you were. I'm seeing you drink it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're using a new platform that we record on remotely because I'm in Denver, Travis is in Kansas City, and it has video. But we're not recording the video, but we can see each other, and it kind of just adds for us a little bit more intimacy in our recording. I just feel a little bit more close to you, Travis. Yeah, Mr. Joe Com likes to look lovingly into my eyes. It's a little awkward, so I normally just shut that screen off. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, who doesn't want to look lovingly into your eyes and uh, everybody is going to have the opportunity to do that if you come to las vegas for vegas blockchain week and world crypticon we are finally finally prepared to announce the sponsor and the uh the time and date of the meetup mr travis right yeah, so this is this is going to be fun. So what we're doing is we are partnered up with CoinGenius.ai, who you guys are going to be really impressed with some of the stuff that they're they're coming up with, man. This thing is really cool. On October 30th, it's sort of an after-party, pre-party for Halloween. It's going to be at 10 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right. Things happen late in Vegas. There's some other events that's going on, but we're going to we're going to do that at 10 o'clock. Kind of keep it easy and just have some nice conversation with with some of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia on October 30th, because really Halloween's going to be a crazy day there the next day. So we got we got to keep it easy on this day. 
It is. And so you know a little bit about Coin Genius. They bring transparency to the crypto community through advanced market intelligence. They've got 360 degree sentiment analysis, AI based scoring systems, advanced forecasting models, high quality data feeds, all in one platform. They're going to be premiering this at World Crypticon. This is how to help you trade like a genius. They're going to be at booth number 344 at World Crypticon in Vegas. So you can see what's going on with them. And and uh, they're hosting the World Crypticon Meetup. So put that on your calendar, and we will be giving specifics about where we are meeting before the um, the show takes place. Make sure that you are on the Facebook Mastermind group, because we'll be announcing there, as well as the Telegram, badco.in forward slash mastermind. Be there or don't. But if you're going to be in Vegas, you should totally come. Yeah, if you're going to be in Vegas, definitely be there. Also, want to give a shout out to our persistent show sponsor. They won't stop because they love us and we love them. It's eToro. And if you're a crypto fan, and you are, because duh, why else would you be listening to the show? To find a place where you can trade, plan, manage, discuss your strategy, it's eToro. It's the number one social trading platform, and they are now in the U.S. By now, certainly by now, you have downloaded the app. It's available for iOS and for Android. You can get it with one click. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro. Do it now. Also, some news, Mr. Joel Com. Bad Crypto Podcast is now available on the Himalaya app. That's Himalaya.com. And from what I've seen, it's one of the cooler sort of uh, podcast listening platform. So, you know, if you're looking for a new platform to try out, Himalaya.com. Check it out. Bad Crypto's on there, Mr. Joel. You don't have to go to Tibet, though, to uh, download it. Mm, well, that's just good. It. You don't have to You don't have to meditate for seven years either. Yeah, just go like Brad Pitt. Sure, let's go. <laughs> All right, speaking of let's go, let's go to the news. Time stamp October 24th, 10.52 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Crypto market cap, oh, so sad. 205 billion Bitcoin taking a big dive. Uh, the last 48 hours down 6.9%. It dropped about $500 to $74.53. And rounding out the top 10, Ethereum 162, XRP 27 cents, Tether a dollar as it should be. Bitcoin Cash 217, Litecoin almost 50 bucks, EOS 276, Binance Coin 1685, Bitcoin SV 111, a big winner for the week, up 26%. And Stellar hanging tight at six centavos. Oh, yeah, a little crazy, crazy week. Uh, but then again, a Bitcoin did pass the 18 millionth, like we mentioned on the last bad news. So uh, there's over 18 million Bitcoin in circulation in theory, but a lot of people are hodling. And so there's no, they're not all in circulation. So, you know. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what caused the you know the big dip we were speaking with somebody off the record and they told us that this was coming that they saw a uh, a sell-off and some think that we're not at the bottom yet i don't know travis what do you think are we at the bottom mr joe com you know the answer we are not financial advisors however you know what one thing that i look at is i look at google trends just to see how how much search is happening around the term for bitcoin and it has dipped pretty significantly and so I think just right now we're maybe one of those lulls where the populace is not actively thinking about Bitcoin as much. And so the buying pressure 
is not as as much. And so there we go. So I think that's probably why that's happening. And it looked like there was some there was some technical signals that showed that it was going to go down. And so it went down. And so uh, the, some of the signals are saying it could go as low as five G's is what I'm seeing. And if it does that, I'm going to say, oh, geez, I feel really bad for for Mr. John McAfee's junk. (laughs) You really got to be feeling bad for that. There's just no way it's going to hit a million by the end of 2020. Uh, It's it's just not going to happen. I think it's going to hit 50,000. By the end of 2020? I'm going to cut off. Yeah, it's going to hit 50,000 or I'm going to cut off your junk. You're not going to do that. <laughs> you're not getting anywhere near my junk. Not, like, you're not even going to be in the same room as my junk. Like, if you and I are together, I'm going to take it, I'm going to unscrew it, put it somewhere safe so that really? you can't. Yeah. You have detachable junk? That's really weird. In the future, like androids, right? You'll have okay. All right. mechanical well, penis. Cool story, bro. Hey, this is, I thought, I thought this was now with less banter. No, no, this is more, this is now with more banter. Oh, this is now with more banter. Okay. Let's start off with some news here, Mr. Joel Kahn. Big news is there has been a fake Tor browser that has been spying and stealing Bitcoin for years. This article here from Coindesk. Hackers have been distributing a compromised version of the official Tor browser that's packed with malicious tools that that are used to both spy on users and steal their Bitcoin. That's not very good. The, it says here the hacking campaign has been targeting Russian-speaking users of Tor. So, you know, Tor is a browser that um, hides your identity. There's no tracking. There's no surveillance. You know, I don't know why you just don't use the Brave browser instead, right? Well, I mean, so, Tor is the browser that makes you go underground, right? It's like it hits all those other sites, those Onion sites, those blah, 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 dot Onion. That's where the dark web is. And that's where Silk Road and some of those other sites were. And so I've actually not used it all that much just because it just seems kind of dangerous. And here it is. I'm glad my intuition was kicking in because, you know, if so, you're using the official Tor browser that might not be the official one. And now they're stealing your cryptos. So that sucks. They've stolen about 4.8 Bitcoin so far. So it looks like they're playing like an office space type, you know, scam where they're just scraping tiny little bits that they hope nobody would notice, and apparently it's been noticed. The Russians have noticed, and now because they will take the $38,000 and spend it on uh, hacking your election. That's not true. We're going to spend half of it on vodka. <laughs> that, is, that probably is more and more true. <laughs> so this that is bad news, and here is some more bad news. And uh, this headline on the block, this has actually gotten a lot of coverage. A-T-T, A-T-T, A-T-T-T, A-T-T-T. <laughs> I love again. two TTs, not just only one. <laughs> Please do say again. AT&T customer lawsuit alleges employee-aided SIM swap led to $1.8 million theft of cryptocurrency and more. Now, this is actually a friend of ours, Seth Shapiro. He's a uh, a, a TV producer works in the tv industry he's a two-time emmy award winning media and tech expert not a producer Mm -hmm. and he's a he's a a professor at uh usc school of cinematic arts and he is suing the crap out of at&t because essentially it's a sim swap but it's not because somebody hacked it it's uh, an at&t employee 
that colluded with somebody to swap his phone number out, and he's lost over a million dollars as a result. And you know, that happened to uh, Michael Turpin. We had him on the show, and he sued AT&T successfully. So I would say that AT&T is probably, you know, there's already been precedent that this shows that that and that was even a regular hacker that hacked them. Now we have an employee that that was working there and, and, and hacking. And I'm I'm in a group in on Facebook where people who have been hacked are in because I've gotten hacked with the SIM card swap. And there's another thing that's going on with T-Mobile where there's some employee who worked for a third party sort of, um, you know, a lot of those a lot of those stores you see, like the Sprint stores and the. T-Mobile stores, they're not all owned by the corporation. A lot of them are, you know, sort of franchised owned companies and they're third parties. And so there's been some third party guys at at, uh, at T-Mobile that have been doing the same thing, doing the, the, the SIM card swaps. And well, so here's well, somebody people. that's actually an AT&T employee. He's not right. a, a contractor. It says uh, the scheme allegedly involved AT&T employees working on the inside with outside hackers, and there's chat logs. So mm. at the end of one of the chats, a group member brags that they made $1.3 million on it, and they, planned, they, they bragged about planning to buy um, some Gucci or a dream car with the money. So Seth was actually sim-swapped several times. All of his personal info was taken along with access to his Google account, his Evernote account. His family was impacted. He was threatened. And he is going after them uh, for AT&T's repeated failures to protect Mr. Shapiro's account from unauthorized access. They say it's a violation of federal law. And I just sent uh, Seth a text before we got started here, and he has agreed to come on the show to talk about this. Not now, soon. And here's Chet Shapiro right now. Oh, no, soon. I'm so pissed off. I'm mad. (laughs) I'm an AT&T sucks balls. He doesn't talk like that. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Seth, we'll have you on soon, and we'll talk about this, and you could share how evil these people are and why AT&T deserves to, you know, they need to take responsibility for this. Well, I can tell you this. Like, the whole scenario sucks, but... Damn, he's got some great some great evidence on these guys. He's got chat logs. Like that seems to me that this case is most likely going to be hopefully a slam dunk when there's an employee aided sim swap that leads to nearly two million dollars of crypto being stolen. That's crazy. And they have the chat logs. Like seems to me, a, you know, that's that's going to be good in his favor when it's all said and done. So this just you know leads to the need for secure phones. Of course, uh, HTC is one of the companies that is launching another blockchain friendly smartphone so that people can store their cryptos safely and not get sim hacked it's called the exodus 1s last year they had the exodus 1 this one is the exodus 1s it costs uh 0.15 bitcoins which is about 1100 dollars. and uh, i guess the new one is going to cost only 250 dollars 219 euros which actually the euro to the dollar right now is pretty close. Like it's really close right now. It's normally has not been like that. And we were just having a conversation yesterday, Mr. Joel Com, I believe uh, offline, it wasn't recorded or anything. We were having a conversation like we are apt to do. And, you know, 
neither one of us really trust Google anymore. Apple's getting to the point where I don't necessarily trust them anymore, but that's the only two operating systems that we have. Maybe eventually, you know, there'll, there'll be a blockchain sort of mobile uh, OS of some sort that pops up that can become decentralized because, you know, we were, oh, I, I think it was when we were talking with, with Coin Genius because, or was it Coin Genius? It was somebody, another, another somebody, but they, they, they just can't get approved on, on the Apple App Store because Apple says no. And Apple has a dictatorship when it comes to approving people on the App Store or not. It's not democratic at all. And crypto companies have a hard time getting their app on the app store, not so much on Google. I and mean, it works on Google. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it's kind of a chance. I think it was maybe we were chatting with Nasgo, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that having those systems being so locked and not allowing anybody in means that it is completely ripe for disruption. Somebody needs to create a brand new, amazing uh, OS system of some sort. The, the Razor blockchain phone, the Razor blockchain the Razor. flip phone. Uh, flip phone, it needs to be a flip phone, yeah. Because we're flipping so cryptos. <laughs> yes. Okay. So apparently the bot, Mark Zuckerberg, testified before uh, the U.S. House of Representatives yesterday. And he said that he is willing to postpone the launch of Libra until the regulators give approval. I don't know that I believe him. He's such a bot with a bad haircut. Like, I don't know how the dude... You know, with that haircut, you know, the people make fun of Trump and his hair. I think Zuckerberg's hair is is much scarier. He really looks like data from Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> he does. And here in the article, it went on to say he is willing to satisfy any congressman or congresswoman. And he brought knee pads. So I don't know <laughs> what that means. It's kind of weird. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, he I, I, did you watch any of the testimony? I have I have not. We were busy yesterday, so I didn't have a chance to watch too much of that. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's hard. It's so hard to watch because, first of all, you have these people in Congress that are clueless and they're grandstanding and they're using the opportunity to, you know, make a speech. And mm -hmm. and then he's giving these pat answers, which are completely robotic and, you know, pre-approved by their attorneys. And it's all BS. It, it's 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 all BS. Um, but yet, in spite of that, there is one um, senator who is coming out as a supporter for Libra. It's Senator Mike Rounds from South Dakota. He wrote a letter to a the Libra Association member Anchorage praising the company's entrepreneurial spirit. And this is he's the first major supporter in the in you know the government to say yeah. Go get them. But meanwhile, PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, and several others have backed out of being in the Libra Association. Well, it, and it, it is true here. This article here on Politico it does it does mention that the climate uh, on Capitol Hill has turned very hostile towards big tech, and I think that's because big tech has turned hostile on to Capitol Hill, and it's turned in a lot of ways it's turned hostile to the American people by some of the some of the things that it's been doing. And so you and I have had this conversation. On one hand, it's like, wow, Zuckerberg and Libra could be that catalyst that brings crypto to the masses. On the other side, you see they have two point whatever billion people. They could potentially try to circumvent many, you know, nations. And I think a lot of a lot of problems with that is that some of these corporations are so powerful. And these corporations, 
then pay for these lobbyists to get these politicians to do their bidding, right? And I think that's the biggest problem in in government and in politics. It's not so much the right versus the left, which is very contentious now, but it really is that sort of, it's the oligarchy and it's the crony capitalism and these corporations. Like we're really controlled by corporations at this point. And we got this corporatocracy going on and and I don't know. So so I can see why Libra is scary to some people. I mean, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. On the other side, I go, oh, it's going to be great for the cryptos. And maybe people are going to go, hey, screw Libra. Let's get one of these decentralized ones. But most people kind of just roll with the flow. They don't actually look at the implications of a lot of things deeply and and see that this could potentially be very bad. So I'm glad that maybe they're slowing it down. And, but China's moving quickly forward with their digital yuan. So it's going to be interesting over these next couple of years, folks, to see how crypto evolves. Because crypto is not going to sleep. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop innovating. It's not going to stop moving forward. And companies and countries are not going to stop creating their own cryptos. And so hopefully there are enough independent, decentralized cryptos that are private that can help us as in, inevitably these more countries and more uh, companies start embracing crypto and creating their own. And of course, who doesn't want to know what the big banks think about Libra? Well, Jamie mm-hmm. Dimon, JP Morgan CEO in the news again. And he said, quote, it will never happen. No, here's the whole quote. It was a neat idea that'll never happen. Neat. Uh, you know, shocker that, you know, the CEO of JP Morgan says, uh, you know, the competition isn't going to have a chance. And look, I'm not a huge Libra supporter, but I'm also not a supporter of JP Morgan. And um, they all need to be replaced. Yeah. So I would have a question about this then. So why, why is not uh, JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Demon? why is he not uh, at Congress? Because they're creating the JP Morgan coin, right? Yeah. Like they're creating their own. They're like one of the biggest banks in the world, in the history of the world. And one of the co-founders of the Federal Reserve Banking System, J.P. Morgan, right? So their namesake actually created the Federal Reserve and Central Banking way back in 1913 in Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. And if you don't know that story, that's an amazing story. The the creature from Jekyll Island is all about how the Federal Reserve Bank was created. And so here they are, the CEO of that company's namesake. They're still, they created J.P. Morgan coin and they're using that, but Facebook can't do it, but all these other banks are. And, you know, so the, the banks, you know, are going to keep getting more more powerful. So I think this is really a power maneuver, potentially, you know, a suppress Facebook and their their attempt to launch Libra while these banks and these some of these other countries are in the process of creating their own. I say <clears throat> that's what I say. Yeah. OK, that's great news. I say we need to be, you know, championing people like Anthony Pompliano, who has still not scheduled a time to be on the show, but his Morgan Creek Digital uh, organization has raised over $61 million for a blockchain fund, and they're on their way to uh, $250 million is their target for this. Mm -hmm. Well, this is actually its second blockchain fund. And they've submitted a filing to the SEC, and they've raised nearly $61 million from 11 investors. And, you know, Pomp, dude, he's doing some good stuff over there. Like, he is, is quickly became one of the top voices in the crypto space. He sends out a tweet. He's getting 
a couple thousand likes and a bunch of retweets and he's getting on CNBC and all those other big sites, those financial sites. And so his company, Morgan Creek, is doing some pretty good stuff. He's got an amazing newsletter that people pay a lot of money to be to be, you know, to get that thing delivered. So I would say Pomp's doing some pretty good stuff. And um, I guess they're also saying that uh, the one of the other founders of, of Morgan Creek says that Bitcoin should hit 100,000 by the end of the year 2021. So we'll see. So many, so many guesses. Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows what's going on. Uh, but here's what we do know. You know, we recently talked about the Brave browser on the show. Well, there's, you know, other browsers that are not as big as Google Chrome um, and Firefox, but still have a lot of users. And one of them is Opera. They have 350 million users around the world, and they claim to be the first major browser to enable direct Bitcoin payments in the browser. So I, I think that that's pretty cool, right? If you can put the option of transacting cryptocurrency within a browser that hundreds of millions of people are using, that could um, that could be pretty significant. You know, right now Brave has uh, daily active users of about two point eight million, but three hundred fifty million—that's a big audience. Yeah, and now they can directly send and receive Bitcoin directly from the browser. Now, on one side of me, I go, wow, that's so cool. On the other side, I'm thinking about that hack that we just mentioned on the Tor browser. So how soon until somebody creates some sort of malicious you know, extension or something and, and hacks Opera? Because I guarantee you right now, there's somebody in the Russia Vladimir or some Igor-looking mofo who's in there going, I will now, I will now hack them. I will hack Opera and get some Bitcoin. What is an Igor-looking mofo? <laughs> well that actually leads into the next story perfectly mr travis right i don't know if you meant to do that but uh the ceo of binance cz chengpeng zhao who's been on this show mm. before and said quote it was the best experience of his life unquote fake hashtag fake quote has said that vladimir putin is the most influential person in blockchain so, yeah, um, he said that Vladimir Putin is the most influential person in the blockchain space. He mentioned this at the exchanges rally on October 21st in Moscow. Uh, he believes that there is a there is a bill in, in Russia on regulating the sphere of, of digital money so it can be adopted in the Russian Federation in the foreseeable future. And, well, you know that Vitalik Buterin is originally from Russia, and it makes you wonder, like, how much of that is connected to the Russian government. And but Binance it says in some cases they may provide user information to Russian financial regulators. Therefore, he warned people involved in crime not to use his trading platform. I think that this was just some CZ kissing some Russian ass, is what it sounds like to me. Is I mean, really, Vladimir P Putin is the most influential person. I mean, he's pretty influential when it comes to Russia and making crypto you know, more accessible and usable in Russia. But I would say overall, the most influential person in Russia, most influential person in blockchain, Vladimir Putin, no way. But in Russia, and whenever you're in Russia and you're trying to kiss ass and you're trying to get your exchange in Russia, probably a good thing to say. I do not know. All I know is would like to thank CZ for recognizing me as most significant person in blockchain. I support this notion. Yes, Vladimir says 
hey CC, come here and put in your 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 lips on my ass. <laughs> that is exactly what he says i want to give you guys some information and a, a heads up that we are we have just signed on as advisors for a new company that we think is pretty awesome it's called moby pay m-o-b-i-e moby pay Io. We're going to tell you more about this in the future because they have created a wallet to make the transfer of crypto so super fast. And they're working with a number of companies that already have large user bases. And uh, they're going to be offering $10 worth of their MBX coin to everybody. All you got to do is sign up for a wallet. Uh, I'm not sure we have the go ahead yet to tell you that's available as of this date, but it's coming soon. Check out what they're doing at mobipay.io and you're going to hear more about the Moby coin in the future. Yeah, and if you actually go to badco.in episode, uh, badco.in forward slash 306, so just about 20 episodes on ago, um, we talked about him. We met we met Brandon in Bali, really smart dude. And this, from what we've seen, you know, from non-financial advisor perspectives, we see that this right here could really, really push some mainstream adoption if this thing gains grains hold because it's a pretty interesting platform. And what makes it so cool is like for, for vendors and for stores and retail outlets, like this app can literally create a gift certificate on the fly and they can use the, that their, their, to buy their crypto, to buy the gift certificate. And that gift certificate can be automatically redeemed through those vendors. And so it's creating a whole new revenue stream for folks. And so it's really cool. Absolutely. MobyPay.io. Okay, here's a trinity of stories from around the world to hit up really quickly. First of all, in Malaysia, they have officially launched the Blockchain Village. It's called the BVAM, Blockchain Village at Medini, designed to facilitate the development of the blockchain ecosystem in Malaysia. Have you ever been to Malaysia, Travis? I have been to Malaysia. I have not been to Kuala Lumpur. So when we did the Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin um, cruise thing in Asia, we went from Singapore to Malaysia to Thailand. But we were just in Malaysia just for like a day. You walk out, you go check some stuff, and you get back on the cruise ship. But we were not in Kuala Lumpur. So I've never seen that that Burj Khalifa or whatever the name of that big, huge. No, no, those dual, are the dual build. Those are the Patronus Towers. Burj Khalifa is oh, that's right, uh, that's right. is Dubai. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I've right. been up. I've been up those, and they are very cool. Uh, super nice people and nice country. And congratulations to them for moving forward in blockchain. Also, in did you walk, did you walk across the sky the, the little skyway thing? I did. There? Yes, it's very was cool. That, I bet that was kind of freaky, was it? Nice. Uh, it's not freaky. I mean, it's cool. Uh, it doesn't scare me being high up in a building. I mean, I was at the top of the, not the top, but 146th floor of the Burj Khalifa sitting up against the window, took some great yeah. pictures and it didn't, I, I thought it would frighten the crap out of me and I felt very safe. Well, that's good. I normally don't like, it's like heights is the one thing that just kind of makes me feel a little queasy. I haven't even noticed that whenever I'm like playing VR, like I would put that on and it looks like I'm in a weird height position. Like there's some flight or flight fight or flight thing that goes on in my brain it's crazy i'm uh i'm afraid of widths some people That's are true. afraid of heights i'm afraid of widths if it's yeah. too wide I, I freak out yeah okay. that's not true that's that's a bad joke 
That was a bad joke. That's why people are here, right? I mean, come on. You guys are here for the entertainment and the information, a little infotainment. And hopefully there's been some collective groaning, you know, going on when we tell some of these jokes. The groan heard around the world. Very nice. Hey, here's another article from Cointelegraph. Indian University students create a blockchain-based system for online voting. Now, in India, there has been a lot of contentiousness uh, around crypto, right, and blockchain and how the Indian government does not like crypto and not and whatnot. But uh, what they've done, the voting system was developed here by three students from the Mala Reddy Engineering College for Women and a local businesses and financial publication, the Hindu Business Line. They said that they've created this thing to help eliminate voting challenges in urban areas like long queues at polling centers. And so I know we've had Horizon State on back in the day that was doing some blockchain stuff. I originally wrote an article on Huffington Post around blockchain-based voting, right, as a system that can help eliminate any Russian hackers from hacking elections. And so blockchain and voting is something that's inevitably going to happen. It's just going to take a while to get mass adoption for that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it has to start somewhere and they're moving forward. It's good to see that. And Travis, are you ready to get your master's in blockchain? Because you're not going to get it from doing this show. Just, you know, just so you know. Well, you know what? There are multiple places where you can get a degree. So we've talked about the University of Nicosia, which is, I believe, in Cyprus, where uh, Andreas Antonopoulos teaches. But this right here is another uh, place, and it's in Malta. You can get yourself a master's in blockchain and on the blockchain island in the Mediterranean while sipping on some delicious lattes and um, having some Greek salad. Yeah, yeah. blockchain. Malta is forward thinking. They've got 35 students enrolled in the Island Nations only DLT specific master's program, one of few such programs around the world, according to this article on Coindesk. Uh, the Prime Minister of Malta, uh, Joseph Muscat, is just so blockchain. Um, pro blockchain. We, I wonder if we can get him on the show. We've never had, you know, the leader of a country uh, other than, you know, us as the leaders of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, but that, that doesn't count because we can't. But we're a bullshit ourselves. country. <laughs> we are not. We're a micro nation. Oh, be- we're a micro, we're a micro nation. Yes, that's right. A virtual micro nation. Uh, shout out to jo- Joseph Muscat. Let's get him on the show. That would be fun. So, they want they want really want Malta to become the global trailblazer in blockchain technology and you know what we know that's not going to be America because how they how they're overregulating stuff and a lot of these great innovative innovative companies are leaving America and heading to places like Malta so it would be really interesting to get a perspective from from a prime minister there but he's he's probably busy doing prime ministry things yeah, maybe, but he might have time to talk. It's it's very possible. So this is pretty interesting. There are, according to this article on Forbes, two major crypto assets that have outperformed Bitcoin this year. Do you know what those are, Travis? Well, I can read. <laughs> yes, you can. I'm aware of this skill that you have. Yeah. So there's only two major crypto assets that are ups in, up in terms of Bitcoin's year to date. And one of them is BNB, the Binance coin. And the other is Chainlink. Now, Chainlink, I had some people reaching out to me early on about Chainlink. And I was like, I just didn't know about Chainlink. And then that thing freaking took off. It's almost like 
that I had like a little guardian angel telling me, hey, Travis, check out Chainlink and all your dreams will come true. And then I don't listen. So no dreams coming true for you? Yeah, all my dreams don't come true. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not, I, Disney, I, it's not Disneyland at all for me. I don't know what Chainlink is at all, but it is interesting that, you know, Bitcoin still performed really well this year and of course the year is not over yet we'll see but you know we started the year around 3400 got as high as 13,000 right now we're hovering around 7500 uh no telling where it's going to be by the end of the year but there are cryptos that have outperformed and so there's that yep and and really let me re let me read this here for you so Chainlink is an interoperability focused project that has been working on solving the connectivity problem that is present in the current blockchain ecosystem. Really what it's trying to do is to make it possible for blockchain-based smart contracts to connect to any and all external systems. So that's what it's trying to do. And so, yeah, good luck to them. And their, their price is taken off. And so maybe we have somebody from Chainlink come on Bad Crypto sometime. If you know of anybody who is there at the project, let them know that we'd like to chat with them. Absolutely. Now, here from the gaming world, got a couple stories. This uh, one here revolves around Blizzard Gaming. A few weeks ago, they uh, there was a, a pro Hearthstone player by the name of Blizz Chung. Uh, Hearthstone is a digital trading card game that uh, tens of millions of people around the world play, and they do these tournaments. And during um, a broadcast that he was having with the, a couple hosts, he wore a gas mask and he demonstrated solidarity for Hong Kong protesters. Well, Blizzard reacted quickly. They banned him from playing the game and they kept his $10,000 prize money now since then they have um softened their tone they're giving him the money because there was a huge outcry against blizzard for doing this and uh i, I think the ban for a time still exists but you know you want to be smart if you're a blockchain competitor such as gods unchained we've talked about them on the show before a, a ethereum based a digital trading card game they went to him and they basically said hey come uh, come play with us and they gave him a free ticket to their tournament which has a five hundred thousand dollar prize fund in it that is that is very fascinating and not only that they said that uh, gods unchained they will actually give blitz chung all of his rescinded winnings mm. so not only are they going to welcome him to the tournaments and help him that they're, they're actually going to give him the money that they lost. And you know what? I've never seen anything like this, Mr. Joel Com, where people who are defending freedom and democracy around the world are getting chastised and they're the ones that are being demonized. It's so weird. Like the people who are standing up and saying, Hey, like, we're seeing more and more of this at NBA games where people are standing up and then like peeling off a shirt and it says free Hong Kong and these different protests that's going on. And then like the NBA will like immediately move their camera off of those people and stuff. And it's just like, you know, there's so much money in, in China that, you know, I think these big companies are thinking with their pocketbooks and not necessarily thinking otherwise. I don't know. It's just, it's just strange to watch it all sort of transcribe. 
what's really interesting is if you look at the Google Trends chart for Google searches for God's Unchained, it was like covering between like zero and two. And then this story broke and it went up to 100. And so they had 20,000 signups last week. I, I told you that I bought a bunch of God's Unchained cards and they continue mm -hmm. to move forward. It's going to be really interesting to see if the limited edition cards that, you know, each exists on blockchain as their own unit, you know, uh, as right. an NFT. And you got some really, really early ones. I mean, you were doing this, I think this was in um, March of 2018, right? Wasn't that when it was when you were, we were, we were at South by Southwest? Yeah. Wasn't that this year? Was it this year or was it last year? I think yeah, oh, it might have been this year. That's where I saw it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So cool. I have. I have many of the cards and we'll see how, uh, you know, what happens with them as time goes on. But I do love I that they were smart. You, took them, you have them all. You have all of the cards. I have none. That's not true. You but could you bought, bought them. You bought yeah, them. I you bought the cards. But I don't buy the damn stupid game, Joe Com. I'm a grown-ass man, you little kid. Also now, from the gaming world, unless you're living under a rock, you've heard of the um, Battle Royale-based game Fortnite, which is a cultural phenomenon well satoshi's games intends to develop a fortnite like game that's going to be built on the lightning network and i guess you'll earn bitcoin by shooting other players and you'll lose bitcoin if you get shot <laughs> <laughs> man i tell you what i don't know how many hours i've seen my kid my son loves playing fortnite oh my gosh and just i guess as an aside there's going to be a very big Fortnite competition at World CryptoCon, right? And this is going to be like a, in a big esports gaming dome of some sort. There's going to be the first annual World CryptoCon Fortnite fight or something. Well, it's at, it's the Lightning Cup series at the Hyper Esports Arena, October 28th. That's at the Luxor Hotel. 200 mm -hmm. players battling four rounds of Fortnite Battle Royale. And I've been invited to play Travis. Now I'm not that good, so I have no, you know, dreams of of winning, uh let alone mm -hmm. placing, you know, anywhere, but uh, I'm going to play and also uh, Joe Blackburn of uh, you know, Bitcoin right. Yeah, Bitcoin Radio is going to be playing. And so we're just going to have I have never fun. played it, but I've seen my son play it a lot and they seem to like it and oh my gosh, that 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 the all I do know is that Fortnite has some ridiculous esports tournaments with like millions of dollars in cash prizes. So I think all those years of me telling my son to do something productive and not play so many video games was probably short-sighted a little bit. <laughs> like play all the video games but play be really good at them. Yeah, well, you have to be good, and and I'm sure I'll get you know knocked out by a four year old or something because uh, they're they're growing. Well, we gotta up. We got to be 18 to participate, I believe they said. You have to be 18. So, well, I'll I'll get knocked out by a four year old identifying as an 18 year old. Okay, well, that's good. I love this though. This new version, how you you can shoot people, you earn Bitcoin. Oh, if you lose, you lose Bitcoin because they can take your Bitcoin, and then the company Satoshi's Games will just take a little percentage of every little piece of Bitcoin that's won or lost. That is fun. That is cool. Like they didn't even need to create their own, you know, Satoshi Games token. They just said, let's use Bitcoin, let's use the Lightning Network, and use these microtransactions. I like that. That's really cool. Next up from Coin Telegraph, the Chainsmokers, which is a band, they back this blockchain based ticketing platform called Yellow Heart. And Yellow Heart 
is a platform that really aims to eliminate scalpers. Now, we've talked with some other companies in the past. Event Chain, right? Uh, Ashton event chain. with Event Chain. Mm-hmm. We've chatted with that, and there's some other stuff that's going on. I actually did a uh, a webinar with IBM, and there's a company called Access Point that's trying to use blockchain to help you know evolve the music industry as well. And so, yeah, it's interesting to see more and more of these industries embracing the cryptos and embracing blockchain. And uh, Yellow Heart is looking to do that right there because you know scalping is so such a it's such a pain in the ass because like now you don't get the tickets you get like a screenshot of the ticket or you get like a pdf and they can print the pdf multiple times now one thing i will say this mr joel com i uh, i took my son for his 18th birthday to denver last week uh actually one week ago today went to the denver broncos chiefs game and they have a really really cool a uh, 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 ticket processing system where you cannot take a screenshot of it. And this thing has this moving bar over the QR code. So you can't take a screenshot. You literally have to have your device. It connects to Ticketmaster or whatever, and this RFID chip and it. They literally are able to scan it off of your phone in a completely unique way that I've never seen before. And so there are some non-blockchain based solutions that are coming out there as well. But we like blockchain solutions also. I, I just really want to make sure that it works. I want to make sure the ticket that I have is not bogus and that I can get in and, and see the event that I paid for. And so there are some solutions out there that's popping up. There certainly are. And finally, wrapping up with a story from eToro. Yes, they're a sponsor of the show, but this is also pretty amazing stuff right here. They've got a new financial instrument called the Thai Long Only Copy Portfolio. And you know, we've talked about their copy portfolios before that allow you to go follow somebody on the platform. And if you like how they trade based on their returns, you could just say, I'll do whatever they're doing and put whatever amount of money you want. And as a percentage, it will match their portfolio. Well, now there's this tool called Tie that uh, that basically looks at Twitter sentiment. And the portfolio is weighted by how people are talking about certain cryptos on Twitter. And so uh, the portfolio has five different assets they're following at the beginning due to the sentiment on Twitter, Dash, EOS, XRP, IOTA, and Ethereum Classic, and they rebalance it every month. So a lot of people would say that the wisdom of crowds, although I do question the wisdom of Twitter, uh, the wisdom of crowds can kind of project where things are going. And so they believe that the public outlook is forged on Twitter. I'm going to be really interested to see how, you know, what type of returns this one pays off. Sentiment analysis has always been something that's really interesting now, but I mean, I think on Twitter, quite frankly, there can be some serious fanboys out there that are just very loud and vocal. So hopefully they have a way to sort of equalize the over the top loud people and actually find a way to get real sentiment. It's good stuff. Absolutely. So there you have it. There's all the news that you can use. And of course, there's more news, but that's just the stuff that we covered for you this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, the most important thing you could do to support the Republic of Bad Cryptopia is to subscribe to the show, especially on iTunes. Oh, that's it. Just take a moment, go click the subscribe button, and that helps bring more awareness to the show. Yes, it does. And uh, subscribing, telling a friend. And you know what? Especially now, if crypto is going to start going down in price a little bit, 
you know what? A lot of people freak out and they start selling, but the smart people are the ones that go, ah, now's a good time to maybe acquire additional cryptos. So are maybe you your being, friends might want to learn about the cryptos. Are you being a financial advisor, Travis? Because you just said- I'm being a financial good. advisor, just saying, hmm, crypto goes up, crypto goes down. When crypto goes down, that's a good time to stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.